Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime. Your almost daily footy fix. Oi. The boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Panama! <laughs> Panama! Oh, 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 oh! Jump back! What's that, Seth? It's a gun! Hot shoes! Running down the avenue! That's pretty good. That's pretty good, Panama, brother. We wanted to give the Canadian fans some of Panama tonight. Yeah, something. Give them something. On Sunday, June 5th, y'all thought you were getting 90 minutes of Panama versus Canada. Where is Charms? Panama versus Canada. Where is Charms? The distance between where he actually oh lives and the one soccer studio is basically he basically lives in Panama. So good thing he That's didn't fly out new. there. Oh my God! Good thing he didn't go to Vancouver. Well, Lo- well, I tell you, good thing we're all here on this lovely Sunday night, four hours later than we usually record. I'm Brennan Dunlop, joined as always by Craig Stacks Forrest, Jimmy Brennan, Dan Wong, and David Lee Wong, who is singing along. There. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. David Lee Wong, wrap the white room. Jim Garrett, what, man? Where's Jim Sharp? I tell you, this was such a heavy day. Craig and I were on the phone just before we came on to do the show. And I said to him, I feel mentally and spiritually exhausted. I feel like I worked out physically. I feel like I worked out today because of yeah. the roller coaster of emotions that all of this was. I, yeah. my, the battery on my, I think I've charged my phone three times, which I've never done in the same day before because I've been on it. I was on it so much. Like, I can't remember a Canada match day quite like this one. Well, I would say to this team, welcome to our world. We've been living this for decades and decades. This is nothing new. I've gone through three of these different things myself. I never got to as far as actually canceling a game. 
but mm-hmm. it got very far. And then even before that, the 86 team trying to do a deal before the World Cup, I think that was that went down to the last minute as well. So uh, this is nothing new, but it does surprise me, really surprise me, because I don't think our group would have done it. We would have had made sure it was done before the first qualifying game. We knew exactly what was going to happen, what your bonuses were, if you qualify, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a, that's a, that's on both of them. That's on the players and the CSA for that. It should never got this far. So just for any listeners who are maybe overseas or brand new and do not know, the Canadian men's national team was supposed to play Panama in a friendly, which is a World Cup tune-up that was um, supposed to be against Iran on Sunday night in Vancouver. But the Canadian men's national team took a strike against playing, started with not attending training on Friday, I believe. So and Van Halen then... uh, decided to play instead. <laughs> <laughs> David Lee Wong down there. That's wow! right. Wow! A little bit of Panama. Giving you a little bit of Panama. I mean, this date seemed cursed from the beginning. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised that we've totally got to this point. But Jimmy, to Craig's point there and his experience that, you know, the three kind of motions like this in his playing experience to see the players come together with an official statement and take a major stance, not just for their own compensation, but as we saw in their (laughs) statement that they're looking for equity for the men's and women's team and looking for a restructuring and a total review of how the business is run as an operation. This is a much bigger thing than just the players' compensation. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think when you look at it, this is, this has been going on for some time now. Um, you know, the players have reached out numerous times. Um, they've tried to resolve it. Um, and it got to the point where the players said enough, enough is enough. And they had to make a stance. And when you're going to make a stance, you've got to find the right time. And this match was the right time for them to get their point across. Because you can only be brushed, brushed aside so many times. Um, and it's easy to get brushed aside when nothing's really going on. But when you do have a match and tickets are sold, that's the time to be vocal. And because you're going to draw attention to the situation. And uh, look, I think the, the players are right in, their, in what they're doing. Um, if you look through qualifying, uh, the success that they've had, the sold out stadiums that they've had, the money that they've generated, um, they need to be rewarded for the, for the job that they've done. Because without the product, there is no business. And these are the guys and the women that are on the field, um, that are competing, that are drawing these fans in um, and drawing the money into the organization. And they need to be heard. And I think good on them. You know, we've, we've been it. Craig, was, Craig spoke about it as well. We've, we've had numerous times where, where we had to make a statement um, because we, we felt that we weren't being valued. And... Rightly so. They've uh, they chose to do it at this time, and and I hope they get what they what they deserve. Um, that's a good point, Jimmy. What 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 was different between Craig and yours experience with the CSA that doesn't seem to have happened with this group and with this administration? Uh, that's a, that's that's a tough one because I mean, look, I, I can't really speak. On their behalf, because I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, look, they're they're asking for change. They're asking for transparency, um, and we all know with the Canadian Soccer Association over the years, it's not been good enough. Um, the leadership hasn't been great. Um, 
and I think the whole country knows that over the last number of years. And, you know, it, and, and they're right. I think we need football people in there. I think we need football minds, business, football business people that get it and understand it and that want to push this in the right direction. And, yeah, you know, during ours, I remember, Craig, we were sitting in hotel rooms, weren't we, for probably until the, the 11th hour, just trying to get our deals done before we went into competition. Um, and we did. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think we, working with the, the CSA at the time, you know, it was, it was going back and forth and we eventually got the deal done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is, this is a little bit different now um, for, for what these players are looking for. And, uh, you know, they, we, we've got a fantastic squad. This, the Canadian soccer is booming right now. We, we've got to a World Cup. Um, the players need to be rewarded. And I think you've got to give credit to John Herman because I think without John Herman, none of this would have happened right now. And we wouldn't be where we are as a country without John Herman. No, I would agree with you there, Jimmy, um, for sure. Um, as far as rewarding the players, I, I I don't think the CSA don't want to reward them. Um, there is only so much to go around. Uh, making the World Cup is not a license to print money. Um, advertising and selling of players is something they've always struggled with, but you're going to, another discussion again, we'll have also here, I hope about individuals selling their own rights. Fonzie is going to be able to sell himself quite easily as an individual. He doesn't need the squad. Does the squad want a part of that? He's getting advertising money because they made the world cup. They are winners that discussion end. But anyway, there is only so much to go around. Um, there was some good points made by Nick Montes uh, uh, at the press conference. Um, I will always back the players, but there is certainly a limit. But what I feel the CSA have let themselves down at is that in the meetings or whenever they get face-to-face, have Scott Mitchell and Soccer Business, Canada Soccer Business, who is hired, by the way, because they are business specialists and Scott Young and that organization and Scott Mitchell are respected business people. Bob Young, sorry. Bob Young's rather are respected business people that know how hard it is out there to make money. And, and there is no big, huge TV contracts because nobody wanted to show the games, period. Mm-hmm. The only ones who were one soccer, a Spanish company that come in here and they were, they were at least able to invest, but they needed to get it out there. And they did a deal. And Scott Moore, our old boss at Sportsnet, did that deal between One Soccer and Sportsnet. He knows it better than anybody else. Nobody wanted it. There's no hidden bundle of money sitting anywhere for mm-hmm. these group of players. I wish there was. I've been knocking on this door for 20 freaking years, working at Sportsnet, trying to hammer, try to build the game up into a way that these players could recognize that this could actually happen. Mm-hmm. They're just seeing it for the first time. Wait till they retire and they see the bullshit around it. It's unbelievable, but it's a tough. There's barriers everywhere. Dan, we talked about it. There's mm-hmm. every professional sport here and the network's, one of the big ones, they have no reason to build football. And the other one doesn't either. Bell doesn't give a crap. Rogers doesn't give a crap about building the sport. They want to block it. They don't want <laughs> one soccer to have a channel. Like They got barriers out there like you've never known. That's the thing. There are so many unknowns, right? And we're 
privy, privy or more privy than most for you two having been ex-players and notable and very well-liked alumni that continue relationships, you know, behind the scenes and with current players and that. And from having worked in the media, Wonger and covered this team and covered the game in this country for 15 to 18 years, I think to answer your question, what's the biggest difference between when they played is I don't think Jimmy and Craig's teams were in a position to create a revolution within Canada soccer. And now with the women having won gold and with the men at the World Cup and business the way that it is in sports in general, this team is in a position to make that change that those other teams all wanted. I, I, I agree with you. And I think with success, um, there's a chance now where you can expose people who have made decisions in the past that have hindered the Canadian Soccer Association. And I think if you look at it now, we're, we're in a situation with Iran, players now have, are, are, are making a stance, a game's been canceled, Panama's getting free money now, Nanya paid Iran as well. Now there could be a potential lawsuit you could have, be with two of them. They'll be yeah. fortunate if it's not a lawsuit with the Panamanian Federation. Right. And then you're you're looking at it and going, okay, this is a not-for-profit organization. Mm-hmm. Everything's got to get passed through a board. And you're liable for this. You are costing the organization money mm-hmm. for bad decisions that you've made. And the players, by the way, because inevitably they're the ones that are going to get a percentage of it. So for me... If you're accountable for this and you've made the bad decision, you've cost this organization potentially millions of dollars, put your hand up, walk away, and let's get the right people in who understand this business. That is, uh, that's difficult to argue with. I, I, I 100% would say that there has not been one person so far that we know that has taken the mea culpa. Hey, B, in the, mm. in the media with the CSA, has anyone, fellas, said, oh, that was me who put together the Iran deal uh, and didn't really think about it? Not, no one from the federal government either, because you would have had to, it would have had to go up the line to foreign affairs. No one on that side. I think this is comedy of errors, and maybe that's what pushed the players to that next step, because I was talking to Craig off air before this 2B, and I said, the thing is, they would have had to know that this could be a reality. This game cancellation, whether you want it or not, it, we have a 15 to 20% chance that this could happen. Are you okay with that? And they all said, we don't want to, but yes, we have to be okay that this is a chance. And that is what is, uh, so look, the fans are getting let down today. The everyone, everyone's, Ken's men's team on Twitter B is, the number one uh, hashtag, and number it's a it's the number one trend in the country. Number one trending on hashtag Twitter. right now. Yep. So it's incredible to me that we've come to this place um, where hey, Canada soccer has made the uh, top uh, is is the headline for the night. Yeah. Who knew? And let's- but what, what, what it's it's crazy. Like we should be celebrating the success of this country and we're dealing with this bullshit right now because of bad decisions being made. Hmm. It's terrible. So people Jimmy, need to be accountable for these decisions. So let me ask you something, Jimmy, that James Sherman, who joins us now after working two, three hours on one soccer's broadcast. James, James Sherman. 
We've had a Panama theme on the show since we didn't get any Panama tonight. So look at you, Sharps. You look all like you know, like you like you actually had a shower today. Like, do you uh, do you uh, recognize this this suit, Craig? I don't recognize you. Times? <laughs> I'll tell you what surprised one. me. It doesn't Erica. fit you as well as it used to fit you because you've lost weight. You know what? It's true. It, I'm it looks a little a chiseled, big on you, which is chiseled. which is a compliment. Really? It looked yeah, a little well, bit bigger on you. Charms, I can't stop. I can't stop staring at you, my friend. Do I look good? <laughs> yeah, you're rocking it, man. <laughs> also, this I don't like it. It's too. I don't like it. It's too clean <laughs> and too fresh. It's Go weird. back to the old charms, like you dirty just, and. Cut my yeah, actually, You're actually that's questioning, aren't you? You're actually liking it too much, Jimmy, aren't you? Yeah, it is like, Pride Month. Do you know why? Hey, I, I like I like miserable charms. <laughs> He's oh, too no, happy and fresh. Jimmy, I'm still here. <laughs> miserable charms is still here. You can you can wrap a nice an old brick in old paper, but it's still a brick. No, you know how most people have like the adult mind, the inner child, and then charms has miserable charms. There's three, just mm. like in football, you got three options. Mm. God, I'm brilliant. And you could lose weight too on Sherman's Proper's All Pie Diet. You can, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for stopping at uh, some beautiful roadside gas station. This is a different set for you now. I feel like you're always in a different place. No, no, this, is my, this, this is my new um, home studio, which is basically my dining room table because it's ah. where the internet's best. That's why. Ah, brilliant. The issue was it wasn't the internet and Pickering, it was just the, uh, the, this, the, the distance between the router and the computer in Pickering. Because, <laughs> because you have a 17,000 square foot home now. We're exactly. All living Precisely. in my palatial residence. Yeah. Major metropolitan Toronto. Okay. I tell, you what, B, I tell you what, B, you, you would appreciate this though. Yes. Like that's, that's really difficult television. Oh, do, Jesus Christ. Right. You prepare for like an easy game, pre-match, halftime, post-match, and then this shit happens. And you have to tiptoe and tap dance your way around. Did down. you tiptoe? The you're one just, soccer media pro, CSA, Canada Business Soccer. Yeah, 550 Christ. people were watching your Yeah, your thank Christ for wheels. Just, you know, hey, wheels, answer this. Yeah. And then yeah. six minutes later, it's finished. It's great. All, all you had to do was say his name. You didn't even have to prompt him. And he'd take 19 <laughs> minutes off you. So <laughs> you did a great job hosting that. We hit a, a few points um, with the guys. One thing I, I wanted to ask Jimmy, which mildly escapes me now. I think I can steer back towards it talking about accountability um oh and timing um you said off the start that you thought that this was the right timing for that jesus i had a good point before we <laughs> <the sharks. laughs> fuck about timing about timing what what we mean when it was announced the players no that that the players been taking this moment to to hold uh those Canada, the flames. Canada, the flames. oh excuse me i know exactly what it was sorry jimmy Jimmy had said that we should be celebrating the success of Canada soccer right now. And now we're dealing with this shit because of mistakes of the past. Okay. Charms asked this on the broadcast with Ian Hume. Uh, are you uncomfortable that the dirty laundry is out there now? Because this is going to take days, weeks, maybe months to sort out. And with this demand for transparency, you're going to see a lot of shit in the public that we never saw previously. Am I... Am I what? Are you okay with this being public, with the dirty why, laundry being out there? Why would I not be okay with it? It's got to be out there. Look, it's it's a it's a non non for profit organization, mm -hmm. right? It's it's me. Everybody can see what's going on. You should people should be going to the AGMs, having look at minutes, what's been discussed. 
You know, think everything that gets passed has got to go through the board. It's got to get voted. And if, if an executive walks in and says, this is what we're looking to do, we pl- this is what we're planning on, the board's sitting around the table, they all vote because you have, and there's got to be a certain number of people because you need quorum. And once something gets voted and it gets passed, it gets signed off and it's okay, let's mm-hmm. go do this. So who voted on it? Who signed it off? And why is all this happening? I don't know if everybody can see what's going on in terms of the players and you know the how they come up with the dollar figure based on comparison of other nations and other federations. We had Tommy Wielden Jr. on the show on Tuesday. And one of the brilliant things he said about the game in this country is we're a first world country that had kind of a third world soccer operation. And that's changed now that there's a professional men's league. And he was speaking specific to playing. But one of the buzzwords that we keep hearing over the last five years is the soccer business infrastructure and the professionalization of the game in this country. We haven't had that infrastructure. And I don't know if the players who have a lot of the players in a way very much benefited from being only in professional environments, both through club academies here in Canada or North America and overseas, only see that as a run track, one track way. And we're Canada soccer has been playing catch up in every facet for the last 30 years. Yeah, I get that. That's that's not a bad point, actually, in that. And as far as picking sides, Matt, I don't even know where to go with this, to be honest with you. Um, I know where I want to go. But you're right. Canada's been so behind the rest of the football world for so many years. Now, suddenly on the field, they're catching up a little bit. And we expect them to be up there, level with the top nations off the field as well, straight away. This is going to take a lot of time. Right now, I mean, to begin with, they're so understaffed already. Mm-hmm. Right. And as we we're saying tonight, they're, they're planning on hiring all these people. That was being the plan for a while now with this money coming in. I haven't done it yet. You know, the, the Canada head office, Christ, you could fit it in my kitchen. It's tiny. They're probably waiting to see how much the players take and the, the guy's going to get to what's left over. And that's the well, that's problem the thing. as well. That's the thing, right? That's a great point, right? Because I don't know what the numbers are because what the CSA say is different to what the players are saying. I don't know who's telling the truth, right? Yeah. CSA say it's 30%. That's what we can afford. We cannot afford more than that. Um, is some open, of this, open, open the books. Open yeah, no, the books. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. They have to. It's Transparency it, was it, used it, how many times tonight? It is actually there. that difficult because it's pretty straightforward where they get their money from. I mean, 30% of it, I believe, comes from signing, kids signing, and they've got a $25 million budget. It's pretty simple to show, and this is the problem. And then from the soccer business point of view, you bring in Mitchell, you bring in Scott Moore from the TV side to explain how difficult it is out there. And there is no big TV contract waiting for us because you made the World Cup. And that's not happening. And this is what we're doing to try to solve that. This is what we're going to try to do to promote you guys, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That's well, what they need. Transparency. Talking about this stuff. It, Trans- even, the, yes. even the Iranian thing. Just come out and say, listen, oh, God. you know. It was it was a mistake. We were thinking from football. We we forgot to think about the you know we we disrespected that. It's our fault. We are sorry. But this is all about. Let's be honest. This is all about money, right? Dollars and cents. Simple as that, right? So so they get ten million from FIFA or thereabouts, give or take, right? What I was told is that two million of that is forgotten about already because that is for um, being on the ground in Qatar, training camp hotels, flights, everything, about $2 million worth that. So all this negotiation is actually for about $8 million, right? And then you've got to say, okay, so way it works is FIFA get the money to the Canada soccer. It can go anywhere in the program now. 
they don't have to spend that money on a particular area. It can go anywhere, right? So I think what Canada Soccer is arguing is, well, listen, yeah, we'll pay you what we think you're worth, right? But we also have to spread some of this money elsewhere to grow big picture, right? That's that's their angle. That's to run their the business, right? Mm-hmm. Which which makes sense, right? But I need a, I need a, I need specifics. Yeah, but here, listen. I'm- Craig, I understand what you're saying when you come out and say, yeah, we're sorry. We're not an organization that can afford to be sorry. We don't have the funds. It's not like we're a big country with lots of money and we go, hey, we made a mistake. We've lost $4 million. Hey, sorry. We can't afford to make those mistakes. We're not in that position. Well, I agree. I agree. But I also believe that people do make mistakes. And if it was done on that merit and they, they came out and they did make a mistake, well, you did it. But don't just go quiet into a shell. Like just, you know, come out and own it, own it. And that's something that we haven't seen. And that's why there seems to be less and less trust with this current crop of players. And this has been generation after generation, right? I think Craig, before you, maybe there was a bit more trust, uh, less as you retired, less with Jimmy, less with Dero, and with these this generation now who doesn't take bullshit in any facet in life. Yeah, they see well, now, this now. Yeah, well, yeah. If you yeah. look at if you look at it, right over the years, year after year after year after year, the players continue to have issues with the board with the CSA. And how many times do we have ex professionals that are involved with that board? Football people, how many times have we yeah, had yeah, over the they, years involved the in that? It's crazy. It's crazy. Who is that, Charms, by the way? It's, uh, I forget her name, a uh, former, oh my God. Yeah, I'll get that for you in a second. I, I was surprised that he didn't say it in the press conference either. And he made reference to ex-players investing. I think we, we may know who that is, ex-national team players that have been investing in the program. Uh, through soccer business. Keep it afloat through Canada soccer business, yeah. We know yeah. one. Yeah, I think yeah. we do. I don't want to read a bunch of quotes on that, but there was one that stood out. And I know you said this in the broadcast as well. Charms, I think Wheeler had said it. That's standout one in terms of this money, this $8 million that we're talking about being decided. Nick Bonta said, if we as an association only had the men's and women's senior teams to care about and nothing else, we still could not afford this proposal. It is untenable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Strong words, that right? It is strong words. But I, I think that you know, there, across the board, there isn't, there hasn't been transparency and there isn't an actual understanding of the business and how it's run. And from the player's side, they think it should be run better or differently or see they have all these examples of why they, how they think it's run differently. I said mm-hmm. this in the, in the group. We had a great conversation. Wong, or you're the marketing guy, so you can jump in on this. And I said, if FIFA is paying every federation $10 million for qualifying, you look at the U.S., totally different perspective, I get it, but that's just one source of income. And from Canada Soccer's perspective, if this is the main source of income, one that a year ago we never even envisioned they'd even be looking at, is that, to me, that's the problem. If the states can go and quadruple or more, there's 10 times that, let's say, that FIFA money, Canada Soccer's not in a position to double it? They're not in a position to triple it? I know well, there's a lot of layers. They hired, that's why they hired the, the Canada Soccer business. That's what they're for. Except here's here's the thing with going working with a private company instead of hiring within and bringing on experts within the Canadian Soccer Association. You tend to, 
an association is an entity just like everything else. And if it's being run a certain way, and let's say that is below par, is that's been our expectation, even bringing on another company to run outside of it, there's not going to be many changes. And that maybe is what, uh, you know, what you're seeing right now. These guys are fed up. They're fed up with the legacy of what you guys have passed down. I know the conversations you guys have with, you know, some of the guys are on the national team now and some of the guys were on before. Mm. This has been an uphill battle for 30, 40 years. And perhaps this is the first time in a long time that they can actually make a real statement. So I don't know. It's tough. I know Bontis is getting beaten up on Twitter right now. I well, and it's right. And, and and I will always support the players, but I also think that we should play devil's advocate sometimes and look at it from a, you know, from every angle here. And, and I, I think there's blame to be thrown around the fact that we just got to this pace, like we, we shouldn't be mm. here. This is ridiculous. Well, the fact Craig that they uh, apparently began negotiating in March, yeah. right in that yeah. window. That's not a long time. Why, no. why did it take that long? And apparently the players approached at that point Canada Soccer. This is what Nick Bonta said in his press conference. Maybe Canada Soccer should approach the players a year ago before qualifying. Get it all wrapped up. Get it all sewn up. Mm. This is what the deal is going to be. Maybe it's not that simple, but again, we need transparency. Brittany Timko Baxter, by the way, she's uh, on the board. She's the ex-player. Oh, right, 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 right. See, and the guys well, were talking in that in that uh, statement as well about you know a women's league and putting that that that's going to take money. And these you know people like Brittany Timko or you know and Diana Matheson are going to want to be paid to do those positions. They're going to need money. So to pay all the players this, they're not going to be able to do that. There's only so much to go around, right? And that's are, you, are you surprised though that when in the players' letter they say we just we just found out about this deal signed with the CSB, just found out? It's four years old. Where where was the interest four years ago? Surely someone on the playing side, an agent, a lawyer would have gone. Hey, wait a minute. But to Wonga's point, for us. But to Wonga's point, how many other first world federations? run it like this where you've you've hired a company essentially to run your business operation like it does feel the like the United States do, do it this internally the United States do it it's called uh, United Soccer Business and they do mm-hmm. all the organization for anything soccer related in the United States including the Gold Cup and yeah the, but was it ours is exactly the same but it's a different arm it's called Canada I wonder though was it the you know chicken before the egg there or the cart before the horse, I guess, is the right right analogy where you separate your departments when you're making so much money so one can go off and do one, whereas Canada never had that infrastructure. So their only play was to make a deal with this uh, Canadian soccer business or soccer mm. business, right? It's not new to them. They used to do it with IMG. IMG used to pay them in the region of $5 million a year. and then Which sucked, right? And then go out and sell... Well, I don't know. It back then, I don't know. They've done some shitty deals. I know they've done some deals with some major companies for in the thousands of dollars, like literally. Well, when that deal was signed, though, the CSB deal, I don't think too many people complained about it, did they? I thought then they no, got twenty million think, in from Media Pro. Like, wow, twenty million? Are you kidding me? Remember those seemed, conversations? Seemed mm-hmm. very progressive, of course. Hey, if they managed to get twenty million out of them to come over, I mean, come on, they should be collapse for that and then the canadian premier league and all that stuff that's moved forward and that you know there's a lot of positives from that side of side of things a lot of growth incredible growth but you're right i think b mentioned it you know the players a lot of these players 
are playing their trades overseas in Europe, right? These, I mean, I don't understand these numbers at all. I'm not educated in that regard. Footballers aren't generally educated in this regard either, right? There's some, I, I think it's extremely easy to point fingers at this point from overseas <laughs> saying we should run our way of our organization this way and we need this much money. We are, you need to have someone on the ground, I think, over here to kind of outlay the information to these people. Who is rep? I can't imagine. I know the rumors are there's, there's veteran players negotiating face-to-face with, um, with Canada soccer. There has to be lawyers, accountants, agents involved there somewhere advising them. There has to be. Who are these people? I'm not sure. Uh, the majority that I know has been done by the players. Um, so are they Isn't getting that worrying? Advised? Is that worrying? Isn't that worrying? Uh, this is a multi-million dollar deal. No, I'm sure, I'm sure they'd have a lawyer as well working on their behalf. But they all have to be yeah, in agreement we, with we, that, I think. Yeah, like, I mean, but we, we did as well. We had a lawyer that was working with us. But to Craig's point, if that advice that you're getting is overseas foreign advice, then is it actually practical in your current situation? I mean, we've t- tossed around the number. What what would a player get for qualifying for the World Cup? I've heard you guys talk about 250. Now, is that is that deemed to, if we're t- looking at that as the top end, 250,000? Is it 250,000 pounds for an English player? Is it 250,000 euros for a Portuguese player? Canada's never been mm-hmm. at that level to pay players that. But I can yeah. see why these current internationals see their international club teammates and think, well, we're a first world country. We should be on that level too. And if that's the advice that they're getting, the counsel they're getting in order to challenge the federation, mm-hmm. you can see why the gap seems so incredibly. You'd actually wide. be surprised. A lot of the major na- uh, nations they don't make they don't make as much as you think. Some of the smaller yeah. nations can make more. Well, uh, England, for example, um, I think it was mentioned. I think Hume mentioned it. They often give their match fee to charity. Mm-hmm. Right now, whether it's qualification for World Cup fees, I, I don't know. But one one thing Bontis did mention at the end of that press conference was also we want to pay the players what they're worth. And we'll negotiate, you know, ben, uh, uh, if they win a game, if they score a goal, that, that, that type of thing, incentives within the tournament that can maybe top up what they think they should get. But you wonder how confident they are of winning. Yeah, but if, 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 if your incentives are there, right, and you can afford to pay the incentives, so you've got the money then. But that's kind of from, the, I guess, they hope coming from the <laughs> corporate Canada, the private sector, not from FIFA, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, that's what we, Craig and I were talking about the market cap for soccer in Canada. And, you know, you're, and this is where we were talking about the sports that are already here, that are already established as, you know, hockey is number one. Baseball comes in at number two, probably because it's uh, length of season and the Raptors number three. And they're owned by Rogers and they're, and they're owned all by owned Bell. by. So this goes to, you know, so many more conversations. Wheeler was getting uh, hammered because he agreed with Bontis. But, you know, it's a cozy conversation with One Soccer, Media Pro, and Canada Soccer Business, and the Canadian Soccer Association. So we all talk about transparency. It's very important to have transparency. And even more so when it's all like four companies all working together with the association. That's where... I can understand a level of mistrust and the mistrust seems to be a legacy mistrust. Yeah. History. If, if a historical mistrust. So if you're working from this position to start off with, even if someone doesn't agree with one thing, they're saying, Oh, it's a strike against everything. And the fact that 
They immediately booked Iran, which was a debacle. They've lost confidence in this association. The only way to make them happy and to make Jimmy Brennan happy is to clean house. That's what I would say. And whether Nick Bontis is caught in it, I'm not sure. I just know this. I don't know him. I, we had him on our show. He seemed like a, a smart, smart man and, you know, genuine fellow. These guys don't make a lot of money. He, I don't think he, he's a, you know, president and he no, doesn't get paid. They're voted in the elected officials. Right? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't get paid for this. No. But if f- soccer is going to be a major league sport in Canada, it has to professionalize immediately. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the Iran thing, that was probably the cherry on top that pushed the players into this space where they went, I don't, I don't trust you. There's no trust. There's no confidence. What are you doing? You know, and I can understand them taking mm-hmm. the stance now. If mm-hmm. that is how well, now they've got out. leverage, right? Now they've got leverage because they're a really good team. They qualify for a World Cup. I think yep. there's been lack of, there's been mistrust forever. Yeah. Right. But it's hard to have that leverage when you're not qualifying for World Cups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, is, but is it so? Is it financial? This all about financial, or is it about power? And and you know, reorganizing at the top. I still think it's about money, honestly. Well, and also in that statement, remember it says um, uh, a equal percentage of prize money between competitions of the World Cup teams. It's really interesting that I found the same thing because so the states they got their breakthrough deal right where basically they put all the money from both World Cups into a big pool, split it fifty fifty. And that's what Canada, I believe, is offering the players in this deal. In the players' letter, I forget how they, they phrased it, they would gender equity, a, a gender equity, equity structure is to be worked on. Yeah. They didn't, for, and I'm not saying, match, I'm not saying they're for against For match this. appearances and then a percentage share yeah. of competitions. So someone told me yeah. on the Canada soccer side that they weren't, it wasn't going to be 50 50. The pay, player's offer wasn't 50 50 from a gender equity standpoint. No, not if it's a percentage because right, the w- right. women would get a million bucks, the men are going to get, say, 10 million. Is, yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. <laughs> Whereas Canada's offering 30 30, mm-hmm. right? Which leaves 40, which is really actually 20 because of the, <laughs> right? So do the math. Yeah. And generally, I would say teams around the world would take about 35%. I would say would be the probably the medium for what players would take as far as bonuses from countries. It is about that, is it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I sh- I thought boys, it was all about just putting the the shirt on and the maple leaf and just one for your country. <laughs> it was for us. <laughs> you had no choice yeah. though. <laughs> we did have no, the cherry though because we had the, we had a cherry at the end of it because we actually had the fucking contract done before the World Cup qualifiers started. Yeah. Right. Or how anything. did that happen? How, do, how does that happen? But does that, that work to shines. your advantage? Yeah. Or is that, or would that be a disadvantage in the sense of qualifying? If this, no, if this team had you, done that we, deal. We knew, again, transparency was a little bit of an issue. But once we learned and we had something, we, something we trusted, okay, this is the pot of money. This is what's coming in. This is the FIFA numbers. It can't lie about that. We know what they are. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take a X amount percentage of that. And that, and what was fair, and we had a bit of a battle about that. Yeah, the Gold Cup, we had a battle. We actually, we you know, made Kevin Pipe basically fly to L.A. because 
unless he met, met us face to face, we weren't going to play that Gold Cup in 2000. He was good with us. He was, eh, Kevin Pipe? Really? He was good with us, yeah. He got everything done. and Yeah, no, he was good. He flew right out. Flew right out, met with the guys. Mm -hmm. We sat down, talked, and he wasn't leaving until we got everything sorted. Yeah, face-to-face -face makes a difference, right? That was mentioned today by both players complained that they were organizing meetings and people weren't showing up or weren't available. Canada yeah, mm -hmm. to say, we were available. Uh, we were, uh, who no, that, that, was, that, that was the one thing with Kevin Pipe. He showed up. He flew down, said, right, let's get this done. Well, I know, <laughs> the fact that we weren't going to walk on the field probably made him get on that plane zippity-quick. And he's a well, little guy. Guys, no, but he, first, he, he didn't beat around the bush. Yeah, but he didn't read. He didn't beat around the bush either. He was like, "Okay, let's come. I'm coming down. Let's let's get this all negotiated and get it done." Yeah. Do you think Kevin, there's a? Do you think didn't, a didn't miss any meetings? Nothing. Just let's go. Do you think there's a a good chance we'll be having the same conversation on the ninth when they should be playing Curacao? Well, that's going to bring in another level of uh, uh, that. That's when FIFA knock come knocking, and FIFA aren't kind to this sort of thing. Um, they will they will sanction players guaranteed if they don't this is that is a this is different this is a friendly the one on thursday even though it's against the lesser opposition is is a competition it's a competitive issue at that point right that's what he said fifa so, yes poor old, poor old vic jesus he does not want any part of this does he how awkward would that be no that puts him in a difficult position almost like to the point where you have to do just? something about it yeah mm. But how, how embarrassing is it? Two games now canceled. That's oh, brutal. It's it's, it's, it's disgraceful. It's Two games look. canceled. It's a bad it's look a by everybody. It's a black black yeah. guy for Canadian football. Yeah, it's so Canada though, isn't it? You know, if we can yeah. just forget about who's at fault here and stop finger pointing, and it's sad, but it's also hilarious in a really tragic kind of way. Like of all, just when things are going well, we just mm -hmm. can't have nice shiny things, can we? We yeah. gotta fuck it up somehow. Yeah, didn't take long, did it? <laughs> and that's why we wanted to start this show with laughs and yeah. comedy Panama! But, you know... <laughs> Panama! <laughs> jimmy you uh uh you made the point because about about the you know the association no one's standing up Players aren't going to change. These are the players for the next five years till the 2026. The only way I, the only way I can see, I'm, I'm putting my soothsayer fortune teller hat on. People have to resign. That's the only way these players are going to feel trust, like be of able course, to trust. The, how the, else? The, how the, else the, can it happen? No, you're right. They, they do. People need to be accountable for what they've done and resign. They have to, they, they, the players are so busy doing their own thing, especially this group and this generation and next generations playing league football that keeps your focus for 11 months of the freaking year. They need somebody that represents them that they can trust the deals between them and this Canadian Soccer Association. That's what they need. 100%. 100%. 100%. comes into camp, right? He, he can still play for the States. He goes, no, I'm going to give this Canada a chance. I'm going to, yeah. I'll accept your call up. Seventeen years of age. Can I come aboard? See what what's yeah. this all about? This this John Herman. Oh shit! You hey, you imagine, you imagine Greg John Halter? John Herman. John Herman must be shaking his head right now, going, "I can't believe be this is happening." He must be fuming. 
If I was a manager, I would be fuming right now about this whole debacle. But I, to correct to Sharman's point, maybe he's just saying so. Canada, this this is so Canada. This is we're, we've seen this in different facets, but just time and time again. Yeah, but Charms, when you said yeah. that, just roll with the punches, Jimmy. Just do the rope a dope. Yeah, but how 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 long are we going to keep saying this? Agreed, agreed. It's so can it's so Canadian. Fuck, like come on, man. Yeah, enough's enough. Agreed. Hey, Jimmy, we done it. We did this for ten years before you came over. So you got <laughs> hey, we mellowed, brother. We mellowed. No, so- you, you have, but like the, the players are in a position right now. And Craig, when we were at that time, right? You you were the older guys. I was the younger guy in the dressing room. And it it wasn't just for us. It was for the next guys coming through. When you guys stepped uh, stepped away, then it was my generation coming through. And then when we we fought with the CSA and we tried to get things done, it was for the next group that's coming through. And these guys now are fighting for themselves and they're fighting for the next group that's coming through. That's what I thought when you were on the bar at Brandy's doing it. And I walked into the bar and I was like, Jimmy's laying on top of the bar with the shooters in his belly button. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I must be teaching this young lad the right way here. <laughs> For the kids. Hey, I must have been doing something right, eh, Jimmy? And then you taught the next generation? Awesome. You taught me so much. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, except, except Birchie did actually did the belly button shot for her. Uh, <laughs> Birch and Wood, yeah. Yeah, from, he would. From the way he spoke on the INTVU that we did. Yeah. Yeah. He's a- uh, Last Brilliant. thing on this point, uh, Dwayne De Rosario said in that book that Elena wrote, <laughs> he said, "So you're admitting it, <laughs> <laughs> Ghostwriter." If you talk to Alex Bunbury and Bob Leonard Doozy and Craig Forrest and himself, Atiba, Jonathan Azorio, that uh, was the, the last person, the youngest person that he played with that he named, all of those guys have the same types of stories. And that shouldn't be the case in dealing with the Federation and their in their Canada soccer experience. That should not be the case. There should be an evolution or a change or a professionalization, however you want to phrase it, that stop those bad stories from repeating. Mm. But we'd hope that that was already in process, right? With the money coming in, they could expand, they could hire right csb wherever we're going to find out about that right but regardless that was um a step in the professional yes world right mm. so now whether we are there or whether we they're not going to find not. anything with that that's going to no. no you know think that they're hiding money or there's something else there because but, but money cures everything right all the ills and qualifying for yeah, world cup brings in yeah. money and we discussed it we discussed it when they qualified that mm. the Corporate Canada coming in, investing in the sport is going to improve it and professionalize it. We're in, we're only in freaking June, right? It's it's still just happened. We shouldn't yeah. expect it to be professional straight away. Sadly, do you, do you do you know though? At the end of the day, do you know who's going to benefit the most from qualifying for the World Cup, guys? And as far as ads go, us, us, and Fonzie. Alfonso yes. Davies, he is going to kill it. He'll be bringing in millions of dollars of ad revenue to himself personally, and his agent will be going out there to do that. So now who's who's Canada soccer actually competing against here like to try to bring revenue in for the rest of the players? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's the point. He's stealing all the money. He's selfish. What a selfish guy. 
<laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm no. just saying that's the reality of the situation. Only so much money right. in, in the soccer world, right? Okay. Taking a chunk of it. Does he deserve it? Yeah. So 100%. then fair play to the man. Mm-hmm. Good luck to you. You yes. deserve it. But well, what I'm going to oh. say, Jimmy, is and, he, is... and he can get that money. Good luck to him. Do you he think deserves this, it. Do you think... This is where the problem is, Jimmy. It's, I know you're like angry all the time, but say... <laughs> The same company wants to do a, a deal with a bank, say, right? Who do who would they rather have? Because the CSA, what are you selling? What did they got to sell? They don't even have a bad hamburger to sell. What did they got? A few games a year. Or do you want Fonzie, who's a Bayern Munich legendary player? He's young. He's got everything you want as an advertiser, and you pay him. Okay, how about this one? Why don't I throw this back at you? With this debacle that's going on right now, if I'm a big corporate company and i want to invest in canadian soccer am i going after the csa right now with the shit that's going on or am i going to say you know what i'm going to put my money in alfonso davies yep maybe you can buy <laughs> there's low. one winner maybe you can buy low there's only yeah. one winner anyway well there's not because if this shit wasn't going on there's massive success you want to buy into the csa now with everything that's going on well, if, I, if, you, I, if, if i'm an investor i'm looking at it get? going i'm going these guys can't get their ducks in orders so then why, why am I investing in them? Let's go for an individual. That's what I would do. Well, quick, oh, or two or games t- that you've just got canceled. We're going to do time, it anyway. Four-time weekly uh, podcast you can invest in too, right? Mm. Fonzie's playing once, maybe twice a week, right? We have We're almost four, daily. We have four games almost, yeah, al- almost guys, daily. Look, he's a great personality. He's a top footballer. The, guy, the guy's got That's everything. where the money's going to go. It's going to go to Fonzie. He's going to make millions off this. And good, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. He deserves it, but there's only so much money to go around, right, Dan? In the old spectrum of what's going on in Canada, especially uh, as soccer self mutilates itself, it, it is, feeds oh, on itself, doesn't oh, it, Dan? You're new to this game. Ha- when you have an opportunity and the progress and the momentum, when we were all cheering three months ago. And what does what do they do? They don't sign a contract. Yeah. They say they blame each other even more. I don't I'm not even taking sides here. Bontis on one side, the players saying, "Oh, he won't meet with us." Vacations, holidays. What what rinky dink? To Jimmy's point, especially back to yours too, Craig, is they're going to go with a Fonzie. There's only so many marketing dollars, and they're not going to choose the Canadian Soccer Associations approach to anything now and the only change has to be a like not a clean slate but some heads are gonna have to roll and it's unfortunate because it might not be their fault right now it could be a you know legacy approach but they didn't win they haven't changed it enough that's the problem i look at that player's statement though and how it seems to be the proposal and to Charms's point that it's about money, and I see it more so as about a restructuring, so that there is something here because you need a functional and competent federation in order to run all of that. And if you are in a position where you can't, you're competing for advertising dollars with your players, that's a really shitty position to be in. But like, do you think do you Harry think Kane that, can pull a hundred million, but he's not really taking money from the FA, is he? But, but B, do you do you think if the uh, the players had got 100% of the profits, 100% of the 8 million, whatever, they'd be complaining about restructuring? Of course they would, but they would never ask for that. You, you, 
You're not. No, because, my, my, no, well, I mean, some people say they are, but they have. No, but they're, they're not going to do that because they got to, the players understand as well. And we've been in this boat. Like, we understand mm-hmm. that we want this country to grow as a football nation and money's got to get filtered down into the youth. It has to. If, if you look at it from a dollar's perspective, instead of a percentage, Charms, what they're asking for compares to other first world nations with Champions League players. Now, Canada soccer is in no position to hit that number, but is that a Canada soccer problem? Is that a player's problem or a Canada soccer problem? Yeah, but it's because Canada, on this current deal, they're looking for their money from this injection of cash from FIFA only, right? Whereas other nations have a lot more money coming in elsewhere. So they can't Massive pay the players TV more. deals. Yeah, again, yeah. though, the challenge being that why should the players take less than mm-hmm. other comparable Champions League internet? Because they're, they, we've, there's, the money's just not here. You know, you can ask for all you want. You can... Yeah. You know, but the money's not here. I, I get it. they deserve they deserve money. They deserve a lot more than yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 they're going to get a lot more money. But this but is, if the money's not here. This is to my point, and I hesitated to answer your question because it's it's a tricky question to answer. I think they understand the role they have in changing the they they understand what they've done already on mm-hmm. the pitch, and they understand the role that they have opportunity they have to change the game in this country. Two things they love. You could game, be right, yeah, and, and I give him a lot of credit for that. That part of the whole um, equation, uh, letter, I, I quite enjoyed actually. You know, I, I did. It was like, okay, good. You know, they they they're demanding a certain level of of professionalism at the top. I get. Okay, uh, here's a here's a more media question as we're digesting all this. How did you feel? Take take away just on an uh, an an approach to the letter that. The players sent out B. How did you read it? What did you feel about it? I mean, I was surprised to see. I read the the players' letter, not strictly about money for this World Cup. I read this more as a revolution mm. in wanting to change everything, which is bigger than just tournament fees. That that that's how I read that letter. And mean, uh, mean Uncle Charms. How did you read it? No, I, I definitely saw that part of it. Absolutely, and I. You know, what was the other part? The, the, the romantic, the, rom- the romantic, romantic in me likes to yeah. think that's true, but I still think it comes down to dollars and cents. The English in you, the cynic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, I don't blame the players for wanting to get as much as they can. I'm not no. saying it's a bad thing. This is of not. they're they're sacrificing a lot, right? But I just think there's a lot of information we are not privy to from both sides right now. Yeah. Craig, how did you feel about that letter? What did you think it missed something? Did it miss the mark? Did it? Uh, no, did it... I don't think so. I mean, I think I think the biggest disappointment, not from the letter standpoint, but is just the the ones that really get hurt the most of the fans, and we haven't got a whole bunch of them. Yeah, you know, we can yeah. fill a stadium. We were sold out against Iran. Not sure what was going to happen with this Panama game, but. We played, used to play at Swangard Stadium where we could hope for getting three or 4,000 people. So um, I feel for them because they finally built themselves up a fan base that they, they you know, they've a certain percentage, they pissed off. And I get it. I get it. They've been uh, jerked around a lot. Um, so that's really disappointing. And then just a few things at the end of it that I just thought that I'm not sure if they've been guided properly or of again, just being able to have things explained to them about how things really, you know, work as well to, so they're very clear on what everybody's goals, 
objectives are and and what they're they're trying to do and what they're trying to do to be better but they obviously have a very very poor communication problem we know that they can't deal with the freaking game in costa rica they're, i mean that's another thing they're dealing with the biggest show on earth like and they, they, they can't even deal with any of this. And, and from a media standpoint, Charms, you were down in Costa Rica. I mean, it's, well, it's just not I put, I put a request in for us last Wednesday, I think it was. I haven't heard back yet. You can't even you can't Maybe even get in, you can't even get a response for an interview. No. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it definitely stood out to it's, me and it's I ridiculous. I, I quoted it in that press conference when uh, Dr. Nick Bontis said uh, we cannot negotiate through the media. We will not negotiate through the media. Just another fucking day then, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and so now here's my second question. My, 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 yes, my second, yes, B, yes. My, my second question to that part is, uh, how did you feel about Dr. Nick Pontus's response, B? Because he's getting hammered okay, right now. I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly what I thought. Yeah. He comes up. I waited for 640 Eastern was supposed to come up. Comes up at 815. He tried 807, right? Well, I know. Thank Sharp you. For, tap dancing yeah. the whole time. No, no, but God, God bless. And they they went all the way back to to Jimmy's uh, at least the second season. Um, God bless the montage, hour long montage of assists and passes that they got to run for a whole hour <laughs> in between Sharman's one hour show with Wheels and Humi, and eventually Bontis coming up at eight oh seven. He comes up at eight oh seven, so I scramble to take the mute button off and listen to it, and he opens in French. He opens the press conference in French. And I went, holy shit, he's going to do the whole thing in French. We are a bilingual country, but that is not a man I know to be a French-Canadian man. He was probably advised by, uh, well. No, that's that. not the right uh, pre- tact pre- anyways from uh, from Vancouver, right? Uh, Premier Legault, who was he advised by? <laughs> who was he advised by? Look, look back to your previous comment. Yeah. Imagine was, if he did the whole head. thing in French. Just the whole thing and just like, I'm out of here. I'll, ah, I'll tell you another ah, thing. Ah. I'll tell you another thing I thought, though, Wonger, honestly. I said, I do not envy that man's position. Right I, I would I would not want to be that man tonight. You better I, I love I did think that. football. And he, and he does, right? He loves Canadian football. But my God, to do that job without being paid. It's like any... You know, well, how do you think he did, Sharms? That's what I'm, I'm looking for. I actually for thought he did okay. Yeah. I mean, he's passionate, right? He's well-spoken. I thought he did pretty well. Okay. I mean, yeah, he's well-spoken. Still... But you put, yourself in, you put yourself in that position. Yeah. So it's great to reap yeah. the rewards, but it's going to get dirty sometimes, and you've got to be able it to handle dirty. it. It is dirty. I'm, I'm I, not sure. he, I, I just wish he had brought up more of the economic side of things, brought up more numbers. These are the numbers. He did. He brought Earl. He did. He brought Earl. Every time one of those questions came up, he kept calling Matthew Shinetti Nick, or he was speaking about himself in the third person. I couldn't tell. There's so many times. And he brought yeah, but, up Earl to do that. But that's because Earl was you know, closely connected with CSB and that whole deal, right? And that was that was a reason. But, I mean, quite frankly, it's not for us. We want transparency. It's between the players and with, between the CSA more than even us. We want to hear the numbers. Of course. Of course. That, that's that's not, that CSB deal is not a bad deal. I think if you deep down dig in it, D- deep down digging it <laughs> Panama <laughs> Panama hot <laughs> shoes running down the avenue <laughs> I think there's been some benefit more benefit than bad that's for sure I'll tell you there's one uh, thing indisputable that Nick Bonta set up there that back in the future 2020 Canadian Championship Voyagers Cup Final at Tim Hortons Field Saturday night was awesome 
that was really good for the game that a Canadian Premier League team went toe-to-toe, controlled the play for a lot of it against TFC, and it went to penalties, which was a th- which was a thrill for any neutral that wanted to see what level the CPL was at with MLS. Yeah, now, that's awesome. Is awesome. it apples to apples? No, of course not. They're playing a final from two years ago. <laughs> so many of those players weren't involved in reaching that. It's just not the same. Yeah. But – I'll tell you from being there and seeing it and seeing in the second half and even when TFC really turned it up and you could see quality's taking over here, mm-hmm. how Forge still hung with them and, and blow mm-hmm. for blow went back and forth. Yeah, what I stole the show for me was the color commentary. Yeah. Oh, it was shit. Was I, tur- I turned it down. Who was it? Oh, was you? Harry again? No. He kept stuttering. I, Sharms, thank you very much. <laughs> Stacks, piss off. <laughs> Were you at the stadium or in the studio? No, I was in a little box doing it. It's hard to do that in the box. Yeah. Yeah, you were a lot closer, B, than he was. <laughs> yeah, you were an awful lot closer than me. But I, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, and I text uh, Bobby as well after, and I told him I, th- I thought uh, I thought his team was spectacular. I thought they played a wicked brand of football. Um, I thought they deserved more than what they got. Mm-hmm. And it was great to see their just, – just the way that they played, how organized they were, how they pressed. Every time TFC got the ball, they'd give them – they limited the spaces. Yeah. And they yeah. made it – they really made it difficult for Toronto FC. And I think yeah. TFC went there and thought, you know what, this is going to be a bit of a cakewalk. And that first half, Forge was all over them. Second half, TFC started to get into the game. And they're they're lucky as well, by the way, because if Borg just actually scored that that goal in the first half, and that was after 18 minutes or so, hit the bar or the penalty. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it would have been a different story, I think, because then all of a sudden yeah. now TFC's got to figure out, okay, what's our game plan and how we're going to get this goal back. But mm. you know, they they got a they they were a bit lucky going in at halftime. TFC nil nil. Um, yeah. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, Forge had a few chances, but the difference is. Uh, TFC's clinical in those situations, when especially when it comes to penalties, and they finish it off. And I mean, look, if you don't score goals, you don't win games. And Forge had a number of opportunities to to finish that match. It's been amazing. Forge is like in their short history. Oh, it's it's quite incredible, really, the achievement yeah. and the distance in the Concacaf Champions League. And I think it also goes to show how how valuable that experience is, though, right, Jimmy? I'm sure you can speak to that. And perhaps there was some envy as a coach and wanting your players to have that experience as well, that that elevates everything. No, Traveling it, to those horrible places and playing those intense matches elevates yeah, everything every, when you come. Well, it, it does. And that, that that's what football is all about. It's about experience. And that that Forge team, you know, Bobby, Bobby was very fortunate. Um, you know, when the league started, he had a good core group of players that came you know, through his academy or, or went elsewhere, but from his academy. Sigma, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he brought, he brought them back and he had a good start. And when you look at that core, that core is still there now. But him and his brother are allowed to bring in the players that they want and that they see fit mm-hmm. to make that team better. And I love the way they play. I, you know, I, I spoke to Bobby, like I said, after the match, and I told him, fantastic job. And I've got a great deal of respect for him. I think he's a fantastic coach. Um, I think he's got a huge future in the game. Um, 
They play a really nice brand of football. Yeah, like they, it, it they, is really, they, they really yeah. do. It's nice. It's it's they, and, and he gives them that confidence too, Jimmy. I mean, when they play went to Azteca, it was still the same. It was like, hey, take yeah. this on, believe in yourself, play, keep playing, don't change your ways. Yeah. And I, I can't believe really the belief that his players have yeah, and how they, they play they, the game. They, they, every player knows exactly what to do. And I, and I always mm. say, you know, when you're playing big games, you can't have passengers, right? And sometimes you're playing a, a big match like that, and you might have seven, eight players that are on point, and you're carrying a few passengers that, are, that are just aren't connecting on that level. And I think during that match, for me, they had 11 players on the same level the whole match. Mm. There was mm. no passengers for Forge. And um, I, th- I truly thought they were brilliant. But like what I said, you know, they, they, they bring in the players that they want. It's not like they're getting told, you got to take this player and that player. Mm. And every player that comes in. Not all coaches are like one. that, I understand, in the CPL, but uh, <laughs> I, I might be wrong. <laughs> no, they, they've, got a, they've got a great setup. Really do. Did you want, is that the type of match where you would have liked to have seen 30 minutes of extra time before penalties? Or would that have worked to Forge's disadvantage? No, you you would. I mean, look, I I wouldn't want to see it because I, I enjoy getting home early. But <laughs> <laughs> selfish. And you, and you weren't even in Hamilton. <laughs> I was in Hamilton. I was in Mississauga. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I get it. I get it because you know TFC's got to focus on their league and. You know, Forge has got to focus on their next match, next to 30 minutes, and it's a late night for everybody and trying to get everybody recovered going into the next game. So, yeah. you know, I get after 90 minutes penalty shots and, and everybody get home. So you, you do save some energy and some legs. One more thing, and Craig, I want your take on this after Jimmy here. You mentioned that when it went to penalties, you felt that TFC was going to have the quality in penalties. Is that often the case when you just have a team that – has more quality because I actually thought that that was getting to penalties was, was such a win for forge because now it was 50, 50. I didn't think that the quality that with another 30 minutes, TFC would have shown and won that they would be able to have the advantage in penalties in a penalty shootout. I think for me, it's, it's dealing with the pressure. Yeah. Right. And I think the, the TFC players are, you know, they, they handle pressure a little bit better, um, a little bit more composed. Um, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody and somebody said, you know, if, if Borges was taking that penalty against, uh, against Valor, would he have scored that? Mm-hmm. Right? So me, I would have personally said, yeah, I don't, I don't think he would miss a penalty in the CPL. Yeah. Right? And maybe the occasion just got the little bit better of him where he just gets under that ball. It's a bit you know, a little bit to the left and hits a crossbar. Um, but if it's at home to, to Halifax, does he does he finish it? Probably, you know, with a, a few, little bit guys, smaller few of those crowd. those guys have never been in that situation before. Yeah. But he took it. And I always give credit to, pe- to players that put their hand up, come the end and say, I want to take a penalty. Because there's an awful lot of players, when the manager's sitting there in that circle, you see them all come into the huddle. And he says, who wants to take a penalty? And the players and, Jim, and Jimmy Brennan is sitting on the bench behind and him I, high. He's like, where's Jimmy? And I'm, and I'm going for a coffee because I'm going, I'm useless at penalties. <laughs> I want <laughs> I'm no not part taking of this. I'll be, but, number, I'll be number nine. Yeah. 
19. <laughs> There's only 18 in the squad. Yeah, I think I was before you, wasn't I? I think I was before yeah, you on the list. 100%. Yeah. But you, you've got to give credit to the players that say, you know what, I'll take one. It shows balls and they stood up and they take it. And if you miss it, but at least you were, you were the one to take it. So I give credit to those players all the time. Brendan, you'd remember this. Uh, wasn't there a, there was a clip of Ronaldo before a penalty shootout? Joao Matinho. That's right. At the Euros against and, Poland. And what did he say to him? He said, you're taking the penalty. And Matinho's kind of trying to hide and he's on the bench. And he says, it's in God's hands now. Fuck it. You're taking the penalty. If we lose, we lose. But you're taking the penalty. And he's what a leader. You're what good a leader. at these. Yeah, so, you're good yeah. at these. We yeah. want you to take it. You're taking the penalty. That was Ronaldo saying that. Grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and he yeah. threw him out there. That was Ronaldo yeah. saying that, Grabbed not about himself, Charms. Saying mm. it to Joao Matinho. I know, no, he's the kind of guy that could lead lead a battalion into battle, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. Over the a... top. <laughs> God, I wish, you know, I wish that I spoke Portuguese well enough to be able to listen to uh, Futi Primes and to... <laughs> The conversations that they would have when the Celestin uh, yeah. get into a fight a great, with the it's such a great moment. Imagine the arguments if like we're like picking out who's taking the penalty <laughs> for us. Like I'm not doing it. Fuck off! I'm not doing it. You're doing it. I'm not doing it. Okay, okay, hold on. If if we were in a penalty shootout against another podcast, okay, the equivalent, who's more confident and wanting to take a penalty, me or Jimmy? Well, be careful because Jimmy might throw like his back is touch and go. Like it's touch and go. He's more confident. You might be better going down yeah, wall. He's more confident. Open him up a down wall. He was that oh, number one. I would kick the, I would put my hand up first. I always think I'll hit it. But uh, I, would just, I, I would I would put my money on JC because I don't think he gives a fuck. He'd be just saying, I'll take it. Yeah, he would. Yeah, we're worried about you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll miss. I'm, I'm not good. I miss against the states. I'm missing friendlies. I'm missing everything, man. I get so excited. Yeah, you scored in that uh, celebrity yeah, game, game didn't you? Uh, I've I have scored in a memorial tournament that was uh, right. organized largely by myself. Let's no, go, Charms. Get I've ready. A championship, a wasn't it? A championship. <laughs> get ready. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, a memorial I'll, I'll give him a memorial championship I mean, thank you very much. much my friend is dead please give me the yeah. trophy yeah you have a trophy <laughs> thank you and you made it all about yourself the memorial tournament didn't you eh? yeah you took your dead friend's picture off and put your own on the, yeah. <laughs> with the trophy race above you above fucking your, memorial <laughs> woo Remember this, assholes. Remember this face. I would like, JC, you missed a huge opportunity there before this. Uh, I would like you to take advantage of it here as we close it out. Use the the usual Charmin speech to put a bow on this. I don't think we have anything else to say, boys. Am I correct? Oh, God, no. Okay, good. So we'll put a bow on this after an hour and 10 minutes. Um, It's a good day for Canadian football, wasn't it? Hey, Charmin, thanks for coming to join us, too. That was that's top, top drawer. Yeah, you're working no for worries, eight hours. The only guy worries. that actually got fucking paid for anything today, and you, you <laughs> joined us. Yet. Really appreciate it. Thank you. He'll get paid in six <laughs> weeks. David Lee Wong, I want you to sing us out to uh, a remix version of Panama Penalties, since we were talking about penalties. That, that was that was the play there. So to put a bow in it, as uh, James Sherman always says, cheers for listening, and keep buying newspapers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.